Well, folks, it's Jerry Adams here again. And Tasola Gomsa, Goel Shibsha, Marascra, Gomoy, Ogersig Win Saltas, and Amsher Jazz Che. I'm killed with the uh, banjaxed with hay fever, so if I sound more nasally than ever, then just blame the warm weather, which I love. It's great to have lovely warm weather. So I want to plug a concert. It's uh, taking place in Liberty Hall in Dublin on the 11th of August. It's a Thursday evening. I don't have a a time for it starting, but we'll update you on that as it comes closer. And it's to finance the Save Moor Street campaign. And uh, I'm a big supporter of the Moor Street Preservation Trust. And they have been in the leadership and a huge number of other individuals and campaign groups for a very long time have been campaigning for the development of the Moor Street for the saving in the first instance of Moor Street and then secondly for its development as a as a historic quarter and the Preservation Trust have brought forward a plan uh, to do just that. Uh, so this concert's about funding that and also about funding uh, actions to prevent the developer and his supporters in the government from demolishing the site which was described by the National Museum as one of the most important battlefield sites that we have. So there you go, Paddy Casey's on it, Louise and Michelle Mulcahy, uh, Deira Farrell, Ronan O'Snoudig of Keela, and a very special guest as well and I know other artists are keen to be part of this uh, and endeavour. So Shin Shin, August the 11th, Liberty Hall, Dublin. Support the campaign to save the 1916 Moor Street Battlefield site. And that, that incidentally is supported also by RSE Canila and I, I, I was at a lovely little event in RSE Canila a week or so ago, and some of you may recall that just four years ago, the, the site of RS Ikenila, that is 374 Falls Road, it was derelict. It was it was run down and had been a shop, it had been a hairdresser's, it had been a post office. But today, it's a hugely impressive, award-winning building and a must-visit cultural and historical centre dedicated to conserving the heritage of James Connolly and the key role he played in Irish history in the struggle for freedom and the labour movement. And incidentally, the architect, the main architect behind the development of that uh, iconic building, Colin McGurk, died uh, suddenly. Colin was a apart from being a very, very gifted architect, was also a very gifted hurler and footballer. He he, he, he played for his local club in Derry, but he also was an All-Ireland uh, football medal winner with that great 
uh, Derry team of the past. So I, I want to just convey our condolences to Sinead and to their children. The new centre, it was opened in April 2019. An Michael D. Higgins or O'Higgin was there. I remember it at well. And just two months ago, the Royal Society of Ulster Architects named Aris Ikenila as their building of the year. And the success of the Aris is down to the hard work and the vision of a small group of activists in Belfast. And key among those who made this project possible is the trade union movement and especially trade unions in the United States of America. And, and our friend Rita O'Hare, who was Sinn Féin's representative in the US at the time, she, she made the initial connections and the Belfast activists found an enthusiasm and an energy among these American labourites that matched their own energy and enthusiasm. So their funding, among others, made Oris possible. So, so what was the event that I mentioned? It was an event to honour Terry O'Sullivan, the president of the Labour's International Union of North America, Lyona. Terry, some of you will know, he unveiled the James Connolly statue in 2016 on the centenary of the raising in that statue. It used to be down at the Falls Community Centre. It's now outside uh, on Aris. And last Friday, he was back. So as a thank you for his solidarity and for that of Lyuna, the third floor events room has now been rebranded as the Terry O'Sullivan Lyuna Conference and event suite. And I was delighted to be there. Our, our mayor, Tina Black, was there, among other dignitaries. And in my very brief remarks, I made the point that the two folks that would be proudest of this achievement would be Terry's mother and father. And uh, I, I've, I'm Delighted that he has, and the union that he leads, as well as the other unions, but particularly Terry, because of all of his work, have been uh, singled out in this way. And, and that forever, because Conley was a very active trade unionist in the USA, that forever the Aris will have that Terry O'Sullivan Lai Una conference and event suite. So well done. Terry, and well done to all our friends in Lyuna. And then to matters closer to home, although we're a, a Jaron and Aaron, but as the song says, thank God we're surrounded by water. Watching the, the machinations and the shenanigans of the race among the Tory right to succeed Boris Johnson is something which is very entertaining for and educational for for many people, including this podcaster. Uh, Boris Johnson, of course, has resigned, uh, and Mary Lou McDonald's made the point that he will not be missed, and that's a view shared by many of us. 
he played on people's fears, as well as a supremacist and right-wing attitude of those folks in Britain, particularly in England itself, who believed that the empire was great and who believed that England or Britain is still great. Now, I've nothing against Britain and I've nothing against England or the English, that's fair enough. Uh, but the way that they have interfered in other people's affairs, their ruling class of that uh, our offshore island is a matter of some fascination. And here, here we have this man and we don't have any say at all uh, in what he does and what he does to us and to the people of our island. He flip-flopped on, on Europe. He finally came down in support of Brexit when he saw it to his own personal advantage. He's determined and a serial breaker of international law. And the withdrawal agreement which he negotiated with the European Union was matched only by his willingness to drive a co coaching horse through his own withdrawal agreement and then through the Good Friday ag agreement does as well. And his, his legacy legislation, and it has a sole purpose of protecting the British government and the British Army and the RUC and security personnel. It's disgraceful. It's, it's opposed by every party here in the North. So, Boris is gone and whoever succeeds him will be cut from the same cloth. Uh, Lewis Carroll, 150 years ago, labelled two characters and through the looking glass as Twiddledum and Twiddledee. Essentially, there was no difference between them. They looked the same, they sounded the same. And currently a whole clutch of Twiddledums and Twiddledees are fighting over who should replace uh, Boris Johnson as leader of the Conservative Party and subsequently as the Prime Minister in Downing Street. And the fact is Labour isn't making any great impression and the Tories are making no real impression in Scotland. So the future of the Tory leadership and who the next Prime Minister will be will be determined by a cohort of little Englanders. And, you know, it doesn't matter a fig to us who, who comes into that position. Our responsibility is to speed the day when no British Prime Minister will rule or govern us. Uh, so let's start off on the basis that we all understand that this government doesn't give a pop any damn about Ireland or indeed about its own working class. And I'm working on the broad presumption that the new Tory Prime Minister will pursue exactly the same policies in respect to Ireland that British governments have pursued uh, for a long time. And no harm to reflect back on what Wolf Tone said way back in his time, way back in 1798 and that, that period. And he, he identified... Uh, his clear duty to subvert the tyranny 
of our inexcusable government to break the connection with England, the never failing source of all our political evils, and to assert the independence of my country. These are my objectives. And that Wolf's tone analysis and those objectives are as vital to the future of Ireland today as I've ever been. And his remedy, Tone's remedy, is our remedy to unite the whole people of Ireland, to abolish the memory of all past dissensions and to substitute the common name of Irish man and Irish woman in place of the denomination of Protestant, Catholic and dissenter. These are my means. So that's that's as relevant today and given the hate crime around some of the bonfires and the burning of effigies of political leaders and national flags and the, the, the type of sectarian chanting that went on in some places, that challenge is very, very clearly uh, as relevant and as necessary and as important as ever it was in our time. So let the Tories sort out whoever's going to lead them and let us sort out whoever we want to lead us in our own place. And and I I think if if uh, you reflect just on what the government in Scotland has done, that there's a lesson there for our own government in Dublin. Because the government in Scotland has moved decisively by setting the date for a referendum on sovereignty and independence. And October the 19th, 2023, is that date. Uh, and that decision has already won support among Scottish voters. A poll recently in the Times showed that those for and against independence are knack and knack. 48% of those surveyed were in favour of independence, while 47% were against. And in June, the Scottish Government began publishing a series of detailed documents spelling out the advantages of ending the Union. And a crucial part of this is reversing the Brexit disaster. On, on June the 28th, in a series of initiatives intended to politically and legally challenge the Tory government, the Scottish First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, announced that she had written to Boris Johnson seeking formal consent for the referendum vote to take place. Now, if Johnson, or his successor, refuses, she said the Scottish government would press on regardless. On the same day, Scotland's top law officer, the Lord Advocate, served papers on the Supreme Court in London seeking clarity on the legality of Scotland going ahead with her referendum. And as the First Minister spoke to the media, the Scottish Government published a referendum bill. So that's all to the good. The First Minister in Scotland made it clear that if the Westminster Government obstructs her referendum, then the Scottish Government would fight the next general election on a single issue, that is, as a de facto referendum on independence. Now, interesting to listen to Micheál Martin, because according to media reports, Micheál Martin and Taoiseach appeared to signal soft backing for the holding of a second Scottish independence referendum next year. And he said, Scotland sees its future economic trajectory as being one which will benefit from remaining within the European Union. 
So the battle lines have been drawn. The people of Scotland clearly, like ourselves, have the right to decide their own future. And we have it under the Good Friday Agreement through a referendum on unity. So why isn't the Irish government prepared to take the same and to make the same preparatory measures that the Scottish government is doing? And and no one, despite the frequent historical and inaccurate attacks claiming Sinn Féin wants a referendum immediately, no one believes that a referendum should be held quickly. The referendum on unity is a major constitutional initiative. It will have profound implications for all the people of Ireland and for our future, so we need to prepare for it. We need to debate the possible new governmental structures about how we will reshape and integrate government departments, what will the economy, what will education, what will the environmental protections look like, what will our health service, because I certainly and Sinn Féin wants a public health service free at the point of delivery and paid through direct taxation, what will the protections be for folks who have rights which are being denied at the, at the present, what will the cultural and rights-based protections which are essential for equality, and what will the human rights guarantees be for all citizens. And the primary responsibility for planning this rests with the Irish government. And it's the responsibility and our responsibility that on Taoiseach Michal Martin is shirking. The Scottish government is planning for the future. It's setting out its options. It's engaging in debate. Our government is not. The desire for constitutional change in Ireland has never been stronger. So the Irish government must act positively. And the first step, belatedly, would be to convene an all-Ireland, an all-Ireland citizens' assembly to map out a new future for the new Ireland. As in Scotland, it's time in Ireland to prepare for change. And on that note, I thought I would uh, go out with Kenneth McKellar singing Flower of Scotland. And when I was, I was looking up Loch Lomond because he sings a lovely version of Loch Lomond. And I came across a really rousing uh, version of Loch Lomond by a band called Runrig, which I may play some other week. But for now, Flower of Scotland by Kenneth McKellar. Gunyiri and Ta Lebsha, Goramila Mila, Myogov, Biggie Bio, enjoy the hurling later today. Slan Lev.
Proud and a and sent him home. 